0: If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, or Amazon Music at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. And a reminder, coming up tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll be announcing the results of the podcast awards, and we'll have a streaming uh, video... From YouTube over at uh, the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, so you can watch from there. Over at greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of follow Vance. The original air date: August the twenty-third of nineteen forty-nine, and the title is the Blue Penny Murder Case. <laughs>
1: Good shot, Markham.
2: Perfect score
1: for you so far.
2: All that's gotten me in this skeet shooting contest with you, Vance, is a tie. That shows you what a tough man you ought to beat.
1: Testimony disregarded as having no basis in fact. As district attorney, you should know better than to make statements like
2: that. <laughs> Kindly refrain from prompting this witness, Vance. <laughs> Your shot, you know.
1: So it is. Well, the rules allow me to load only two shells in this gun of mine. The shells are in. I'll see what I can do with two birds. Ready. Ready. Ready.
2: Two for two. Well, you certainly give me something to shoot at, Vance. Tell me, is there anything you can't do?
1: Yes, I can't tell when you'll invite me in on a murder case. All I know is it won't be this afternoon, inasmuch as there was no case in your office when we took this holiday,
2: and there are no telephones out here on the skeet field. I know that disappoints you, but I'll try to make a contest out of this skeet match to make up for it. My turn try for two. Ready? 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 uh uh Well, that puts you one up on me, Vance. Oh, Vance! over. Well, well, well. Do you hear what I do, Markham? <laughs> the clarion cry of a female. The voice of your secretary, Ellen Deering. unless I'm very much mistaken. What could you want out here? I don't know. All I can do is hope. Vance! Over here, Ellen! You mean you hope an interesting case came into your office while we were out here? Mm-hmm. A case interesting enough to get your secretary to come after you?
1: You didn't miss with that shot, my friend. We'll know Ellen's mission in a moment now. Here she is.
3: oh, hello, Mark. Hello, Ellen. Whew. What a hike! Isn't there some way they could have put this skeet field nearer the road? I wasn't meant for walking, I can tell you that. Whew. Well,
1: I'll see what I can do about having a pair of wings made for you, Ellen.
3: So I could fly over here and have somebody shoot me down. Oh, fine thing. <laughs> You'd
1: still be flying if I was the one with the gun. <laughs> well, Miss Deering, if you've recovered your breath and your bearings, perhaps I'm you... okay
3: now. Markham, I really came out to see you. Oh? Your office called to see if you were with Vance, and I volunteered to come out here and bring you the message. Which was? Which was that a woman named Edith Allen has been murdered in her apartment.
2: Uh-huh.
3: There's no apparent motive. She was happily married, her husband has a perfect alibi, and nothing in the apartment has been touched.
2: Well, at least Vance was wrong about one thing. He was certain we wouldn't be called in on a murder case while we were out here. A murder without motive. Well, that's the most fascinating kind to solve, Markham. The most difficult, you mean? Well, looks like we go to work, Vance. Fun's over for today.
1: On the contrary, Markham. Apparently, it's just beginning.
4: The slain woman had led an exemplary life and was respected by everyone in her community. Police are baffled by the lack of motive. Mrs. Allen was found by a maid lying on the floor near the piano in the Allen living room, strangled. With no motive and no clues, the police face one of the most baffling crimes in years. Homicide Department Sergeant Heath admitted to the Chronicle representative today. Good story, Joe. Nicely handled. Write the head for it yourself and give yourself
5: a byline. Okay, Chief. Unknown assailant strangles Look, you Mrs. J.C.R. By J.C.R.
2: Vance and I want to be alone in the murder room, Heath. Keep everybody out for a while, please. Okay. Well, Markham, it looks as if first reports were correct.
1: There's nothing in this room that even remotely resembles a lead to Mrs. Allen's killer. From the position of the body, I think she was playing this piano when her murderer came into the room and strangled her. She fell from the piano bench to the floor. That's probably true, but doesn't help us at all. Mm, this is the song she was playing, Blue Penny. It's that new hit they keep doing on the radio.
2: Isn't that a rather unusual title page, Markham? Not too. Picture of a girl who's apparently the penny in the title, the flowing blue summer dress, the names of the writers and the publisher. What's unusual about it? I'm not sure, but a little of the
1: blue ink just came off on my thumb. I've handled a lot of sheet music. That never happened before. Vance, we're working on a murder. I know, but this blue ink that came off on my thumb may supply the color in this case.
5: Your song's as good as Blue Penny? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> they hit like that and I'm going to go broke. Okay, I'll listen. Go ahead, play it.
6: Yeah?
3: Mr. Morris, there's a man named Philo Vance here to see you.
5: Philo Vance? Tell him to come in. All right, Danny. I'll hear the rest of that song later. I got a visitor.
1: Okay. Oh, I beg your pardon. I thought.
5: It's all right, it's all right. Come in, Vance. This guy was just leaving. So long, Danny. So long. Well, Vance, what can I do for you? Write a song or something? No, Mr. Morris. I want to talk to you about your Blue Penny number. Now I know why you're here. It's a crime the way that song's getting plugs and ain't selling. You want to investigate the crime, huh? Not exactly. Mr. Morris, when do you print a song you publish? When? Well, we take it from the writers. We give an order to our printers saying how many copies we think we'll need. They print it. We work on the song for a couple of weeks. And it generally starts to sell. Only not Blue Penny. Blue Panty, we printed up to 50,000 copies when we took it. Still got half of them. Is that so? I thought it was a big hit. You thought. Everybody thought. Only just one of those things get plugged, but nobody buys it. Who prints your music? Acme. me. only three firms in the city that print music. I'll write the names and addresses down for you. Uh, what's this all about, Vance? It's about the murder of Mrs. J.C. Allen.
1: You've read about it in the papers. They say there was no motive for her death. I'm inclined to believe there was. A motive I not only know, but after I make my next stop, I think I can prove.
4: That's a pretty sound those printing presses make, ain't it, Ears? Pretty, Eddie. Beautiful. Ears, tell me how much of a genius I am. I like to hear it. (laughs) Boss, you got a
5: beautiful head. <laughs> beautiful. How you ever figure this out, I don't know.
4: Neither will anybody else.
2: How we can be making all this dough on something that sells for only a quarter or 30 cents? I don't know either. But it's beautiful money. Beautiful. Here's, listen. Yeah? A
4: guy publishes a song. It costs him money to print. Uh-huh. Money to plug. Yeah. Money for royalties. Well, he makes a hit out of it, right? Right. All right. I got a printing plan. I publish the same song. The publisher has all the expenses. I get all the profits. Yeah. Cost me two cents to print, I get 18 from the dealer. 16 cents profit. On a million copy song like Blue Penny, figure it out. <laughs> Too much for me, but I'll take my. Come on in.
1: I'm Filo Vance. Which one of you is Ed Stevens? That's me.
4: What's with you, Vance?
1: I've been told there were only three firms in this city that were equipped to do music printing. I've already seen the other two companies. You mind if I look at your shop? What for? I have an idea about the murder of Mrs. J.C. Allen. Now, may
4: I see your machines? Well, Vance, at any other time, I'd be glad to let you inside. This afternoon, maybe, if you come back. But uh, right now, we're running some uh, special stuff for a guy who asks that we keep everything very much on the QT. It's an announcement of some new product, and he doesn't want any word of it to get out. Now, that's understandable, isn't it, Vance? Of course, Thank you, Stevens.
1: I'll be back later in the day.
5: Goodbye.
4: So long, Vance. Boss, you handle that beautiful. Beautiful. Only Vance will be back later. We'll have those copies of Blue Penny off the presses by then.
1: I don't like the idea of Vance finding us. Maybe I ought to take care of him.
4: Like you did, Mrs. Allen? Yeah. Nothing doing is. We'll take care of Vance, all right. Only it'll be in a way he's never been taken care of before. Believe me.
1: Hello, Vance speaking.
3: Vance, this is Marie Dale, Wentworth Apartments. You don't know me, but please come over here quickly. I've got to see you. What's the
1: trouble, Miss Dale? Hurry,
3: Vance. You've got to get here before he does, because if you don't, I'll be dead.
1: Miss Dale. Miss Dale, where are you?
2: Over here, on the couch.
3: That's you, Vance.
1: Yes, what happened, Miss Dale?
3: He was here. Vance bent down. Look. Look at my neck. His fingers. Vance, he was going to kill me. Now
1: take it easy, Miss Dale. The police are on their way here. I called them after you called me. Who was it? Oh,
3: I, I don't know. Someone phoned me and said he was the man who strangled Mrs. Allen. And he was going to do the same thing to me. I'd read your name in the newspapers. Knew you were working on that case. And I phoned you.
1: You sound better now, Miss Dale. I'm sorry I didn't get here in time.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, too. But I'm all right now, Vance. And I'll be fine when the police get here. Thanks for coming.
1: No trouble, Miss Dale. I'm very close to the man responsible for Mrs. Allen's death. Oh? I have an appointment at a printing plant in an hour. And I have an idea I'll wind up three things at that time. I'll find the individuals responsible for killing Mrs. Allen, the man who choked you, and I'll break up a very unusual racket.
4: (laughs) in, Vance. Sit down. Thank you. You're a man of your word.
1: said you'd be back this afternoon, and here you are. You said when I did get back, I could take a look at your printing presses,
4: Mr. Stevens. Remember? Sure, sure. Perfectly all right. I'd, uh, I'd like you to see something else first, though, Vance. What? This, uh, this photograph. It's a print, and it's still wet, but, uh, you won't have any trouble recognizing the people in it. Well, let me see it. Oh. So there was a photographer in Miss Dale's apartment when I bent down to examine her neck. Yes, looks like you're making love to her, doesn't it? Not that uh, that wouldn't be bad. Only uh, her name isn't Dale Vance. It's Williams, Marie Williams, and she just got out of jail last week. I'm beginning to see what this is all about. I'm going to now, Vance. In... That won't do you any good. Oh,
1: no, but it'll make me feel better. I guarantee that. <laughs>
4: wait a minute. Wait a minute, Vance. Slugging me won't help you any. I don't want anything from you. Just leave town for two weeks, that's all. Two weeks. When you come back, i hand you the negative of this picture, and nobody will know you ever made love to a gal just out of jail. So that's the story, eh? Look, you can go through this plant with a microscope, and you won't find any evidence that we've been printing somebody else's music on our own. I don't know how you figured our racket, but there isn't a thing in this shop to prove what you think now. There was this morning when I was here, though. So... Look, Vance. You leaving town, or do I make a million copies of this picture and flood the town with them? Philo Vance, leading crime fighter in the city, and his girlfriend just released from jail after serving seven years for manslaughter. Well? Hmm. May I use your phone? Wait a minute, Vance. Calling the cops would be stupid. You've actually got nothing on me, not a thing. And if I go to the coop, I've got a friend who releases these pictures.
1: I wasn't going to call the police, Stevens. I merely wanted to call the airport and find out what time the next plane leaves.
2: This is District Attorney Markham. We're working on a case that started with the strangling of a Mrs. Allen, wife of a newspaper man. In some way, her death is linked with a piece of sheet music, a connection that Philo Vance knows but hasn't told me. Vance hasn't been heard from for several hours, and I can't understand why he hasn't been in touch with me. However, Ellen Deering, Vance's secretary, did call, and apparently Vance had left a note for her asking her to see Mrs. Allen's husband, J.C. Allen, a rewrite man on the Chronicle. Ellen should be with him now because it is several hours... Look, Mr. Allen, Vance left a message
3: for me to see you. You've got to help me.
2: How? Don't you
5: think I want to find the man who killed my wife? What can I do to help you?
3: Just one thing. Your wife played piano, didn't she?
5: Yes, yeah, sure, of course she played.
3: Where did she buy our music? That's one question Vance wants answered. Where? Yes.
5: A little shop around the corner from our house, cut-rate music shop run by a man named Baker. What difference does it make? All the difference in the world,
3: according to Vance. You see, his note said he knew who killed your wife. He knew why she was killed. But there's only one way of proving it. That cut-rate dealer is the one way a murderer can be made to face the music. And I'll see him after I see a certain young lady. Yes? Um, are you Marie Dale? What do you want? I want in. My name is Deering. I'm Follow Vance's secretary. Vance, who's he? Now, don't give me that. Uh, look, I found your name and address on Vance's pad. I know he was up here to see you. And um, I want to know where he is now. I haven't the slightest idea. Goodbye, Miss Deering. Oh, no, you don't. When I leave here, it'll be because I want to go. Take your hand off my arm. Miss Deering. you don't want anything in here. Why don't you try the lost and found apartment if your boss is missing? You're going to be missing something if you don't start talking. A couple of teeth, for instance. (laughs) Ah, tough, aren't you? Well, we'll see how tough your
0: hair is. Oh,
3: You little devil, if you want to play like that, I'll play with you. my arm. Stop. You're breaking it. You let go of my
0: hair. Stop twisting my arm. I, I...
3: I'll tell you all you want to know. Well, go ahead. Start talking before I start twisting. Vance came here to see me. I don't know why. I told him there wasn't anything I could do or say to help him, and, and he left. I don't know where he went. Big help you are. Oh. There. There's oh, your arm back.
0: You, you've hurt me.
3: Ah. Oh. Well, I've wasted enough time up here. I thought you might know where my boss is, but apparently you're not going to help me find him. So I'll just go follow his instructions. Next up, music shop.
6: Please
3: take that record off, Mr. Baker. I can't talk to you with all that noise.
5: Best-selling piano record on the market. She don't like it. Okay, lady, off it goes. <coughs> By the way, lady, what happened to your cheek?
3: Oh, I got caught on a couple of nails. Mr. Baker, tell me, who sells your sheet music?
5: A lot of people. Sometimes I buy from jobbers, sometimes I buy direct from publishers, sometimes from independent salesmen.
3: Who sold you your copies of Blue Penny? Blue Penny? Yes.
5: Um, fellow named Ears Mackley. So you know something funny? Uh,
3: right now, I'm not looking for laughs. Where do I find this Mackley? Wait a
5: minute, wait a minute. You know this Mrs. Allen who was killed?
3: I should know her. Her death is the reason I'm here. What about
5: her? Well, she asked me the same question you did the morning she was killed. I gave her the same answer.
3: Why didn't you tell that to the police?
5: What for? It didn't sound important. Besides, nobody asked me.
3: Well, that sounds reasonable. Uh, Where do you reach this uh, Mackley who sold you the Blue Penny song copies?
5: All I got for him is a phone number. You want it?
3: I'll say I want it. That phone number means that Ears Mackley's number is up. This is the printing place, Markham. When I called the phone company, I asked them for the address of the phone number I got from Mr. Baker. This is the place they gave me.
2: Well, let's go in. Somehow I wish that Vance were here. No word from him? Nope. That's why I called you.
3: Well, take a deep breath, Ellen, old girl. Here we go.
5: Well, what do you two want? Gary, the guy's the district attorney. That's Markham.
2: That's right. This is Miss Jeering. I want to see Ears Mackley. What about? You, Mackley? My name is Stevens. What do you want with Mackley?
3: Awful tough, isn't
2: he, Markham? Maybe I ought to soften him up. Sometimes I'm a little unhappy with my official position, Ellen. Look, Stevens, Ears Mackley is a direct lead to the killer of Mrs. J.C. Allen. We want him. and We know we can find him here. Is this Mackley? A beautiful guess, D.A.? Beautiful. Okay, Michael, you're coming with us. He isn't going anywhere. But you two, are. Mark him. He's got a gun. He'll never get a chance to use it. Ah, shut that dame up. You shut her up. I'll handle this guy. You said it.
4: <laughs> <Cut>. <laughs> got it, Eddie? That gun butt down on this guy's head. Oh, hey! You did it, Eddie. You did
2: it. Take this dame off my hands. She's kicking my ankles off. I'll
4: take care of her. Then we'll wait until dark and take care of both of them permanently. <laughs>
3: Pretty good actress I am, don't you think, Eddie?
4: Shut up, will you, Marie? I got to think.
3: Well, I'm still a pretty good actress. I got Philo Vance here in my apartment so you could snap his picture and run him out of town with it, and I fooled his secretary, didn't I?
4: Yeah, yeah, you handled that good. Now, will you be quiet? I got the district attorney and Vance's secretary tied up in my printing joint. Well, I got to find a way to get rid of him by tonight.
3: You're going to kill the district attorney? You're out of your head.
4: How many times do I have to tell you to shut up? This is important. They can't have him alive. They know I've been duplicating sheet music copies. How they know, I'll never know. They know Ears killed that Mrs. Allen, too.
3: Why did he kill her? Why? Yeah.
4: What else could he do? She came down to the shop. We found out her husband was a newspaper man and that she traced us through a phony copy to Blue Penny Song. What did you expect Ears to do? Let her live? So she could feed the story to her old man?
3: Now, look, Eddie, I I took one rap for a killing. I'm not going to be mixed up in another one. Especially if it's the DA that's going to be bumped. Include me out. I only signed up for that picture stunt to frame Vance. No murder for Marie. No, thank you. You think
4: I'll leave you alive if you don't come in with us, honest?
3: Well, sure you know I won't talk.
4: Yeah, sure I know it. I'm making sure of it right now.
2: Eddie, Eddie you were... yeah.
6: <laughs>
4: another few seconds and it'll all be over. You said no murder for Marie, huh? How wrong you were, honey. How
6: wrong you were.
2: Yes, Ellen. I'm all right now. Mm. My head feels like a pumpkin.
3: What about mine? I got slugged, too, right after they knocked you out.
2: Mm. But we're still in that printing joint. I know that much. Yes. It's getting dark out. Oh, I wish I'd left word where we were bound for. Nobody knows we're here, Ellen.
3: And Nobody knows how tight these ropes are around my hands and feet. I'm tied up to a printing press, I think.
2: Uh, I think I'm pretty well anchored here myself. I wish I had the explanation for all this.
3: It's very simple. Or at least it's simple to Vance, wherever he is.
2: I know where I wish he was? Right here. Shh. The door just opened outside. It's Vance. He's come down to find us. Oh. Vance. Vance. In here. (laughs) <laughs> Beautiful voice he's got,
5: right, Eddie? <laughs> Beauty.
2: It's those two characters, Ellen, Stevens and Mackley. That's right. Who did you
4: expect, your friend Vance?
3: Let's not say expect, let's say hope.
2: Good word.
4: Lady, you're soon going to join Mrs. Allen and an ex-girlfriend of mine in another world. You kill them. Why? Don't take all the credit, Eddie. I knocked off Mrs. Allen. Yeah, you did, is, and very nicely. You mean beautifully. Have it your way. Mark him. About your friend Vance, he'll be gone for a couple of weeks. And the way things are going, by the time he gets back, we'll be out of this country. Okay, is slug the dame again and we'll cart him out of here. Well, okay. I'll take care of the D.: You just
5: untie me you and You keep I'll... away
3: from me, you goon. Watch
5: this, Eddie, I'll show you an artistic way you're knocking a dame on the uh, noggin. Watch I don't you. Battle. Vance. Vance. Vance, where
1: did you come from? You should oh, be more Vance. concerned about where you're you going. Come
2: go on, slug him, Vance. Slug the bum. Ellen, Give remember, you're a, a lady. Slug the bum, Vance. Really let him have it. I'm trying. It's pretty you talk to are so right. I'm going to... Oh. Vance,
3: well. that last smack was a dilly. How Whoo! I'm glad you're not angry with me.
1: Not at all, Ellen. While I'm getting you out of these ropes, I'll tell you I'm very pleased with you. You did exactly what I wanted you to do while I pretended to be out of town.
2: What was that all about, Vance?
1: I'll explain that some other time, Markham. And Also, how I figured out the racket Eddie Stevens was in. Like to hear it? I sure would. As soon as I get out of these ropes... Yeah. There. Ellen's free now. Markham, you're next.
2: Sounds like a barbershop. It should. You and I, Ellen, really had a close shave. <laughs>
1: Ready? Don't you ever miss Vance? Of course I do, once in a while. Your turn, Markham.
3: Hey, wait a minute. What about me? Uh, I'd like a shot at one of those clay pigeons.
1: Use my gun, Ellen.
3: Thanks. Okay. Ready? <laughs> e. Oh, well. Here's your gun back, Vance. Not very good. Doesn't shoot where I aim. Well,
2: it doesn't. Vance, I think I've waited long enough. Will you please tell me what the lead was in the Blue Penny murder case? Of course, Markham. It was very simple. The ink wasn't dry on the title page of that
1: song we found in Mrs. Allen's apartment. Right? That's right. Some of it came off on your finger. Well, Markham, if that was a legitimate copy of the song, it would have been printed months ago. The publisher told me that. And also told me he was disappointed in the song, which got a lot of plugs, but wasn't selling too well. What was the answer? Apparently, someone was bootlegging copies of Blue Penny. But who?
3: Always a good question.
1: I found out Eddie Stevens' plant could handle music. When I went there, he wouldn't allow me to inspect the presses. I was sure then that I was on the right track. I pretended to fall for their blackmail photo scheme and had Ellen check the shop where Mrs. Allen bought her music. That led her and you Stevens and his friend... I came out of hiding in time to handle them when they were about to mishandle you.
2: They killed Mrs. Allen because she was on their trail and they knew she'd give her husband the whole story and he'd print it, eh?
1: That was the motive. A little hard to find,
2: but the motive just the same. I heard enough from Stevens while I was tied up to convict him, Vance. So I guess when I put him and Ears on trial, that'll be the end of them.
3: Of them and the Blue Penny murder case.
0: Welcome back. Well, a few things to talk over on this podcast. I think the most basic one is the sort of tradition around sheet music, which is in the background of a lot of productions from the Golden Age, but isn't necessarily really discussed. By 1949, I think it's safe to say that... The sort of sheet music business portrayed in this story was very much in decline. Now, of course, sheet music is still around in a variety of forms, whether it's, you know, books or now there's online sheet music. But back in the 19th century, sheet music was how popular songs were sold and spread. Because this was before you had recorded music, and there were limited opportunities uh, in many parts of the country to hear popular music uh, sung. And of course, there were objections to many of the places that might have it in terms of music halls, with suggestions that there were some scandalous things going on there. And to be fair, you know, depending on the music hall or venue, there might be some scandalous things going on there. So, for middle class and wealthier Americans, the way that uh, popular music was... Uh, consumed or purchased is sheet music. You would go down, you would buy the sheet music, and you'd take it home and play it. I was just listening to an episode of Cavalcade of America that focused on the life of Stephen Foster, and that's how he made his uh, living, such as it was, he'd get a commission on the number of pieces of sheet music that were sold. And that is what, you know, song pluggers would do, is that they would sell songs to publishers, legitimate publishers would uh, publish the song as sheet music. Although, of course, there have been some old-time radio programs about publishers who you know, would do a racket, kind of like what you see with uh, subsidy book publishers. Now, of course, the whole uh, business model for sheet music began to decline with the rise of recorded music and the phonograph and radio, which you might think that by 1949, you would be pretty much completely done with a prominent uh, sheet music selling arrangement. I don't think that was the case. I think, you know, it could definitely persist. But yeah, I believe that because I live in a world where we have things still like, Paper checks and 35 millimeter film and DVDs, which we could all technically be rid of, but technology adoption is a slow process. And sometimes, just as there have been in our modern day, there were quality issues. If you've ever listened to an old uh, wax cylinder or a very early phonograph recording, it is interesting for the novelty. But, you know, if you had someone around the house who could play the piano, that would be so much better. And I can even imagine some very uh, cheap uh, dad saying, what do I need with a phonograph? I've got a wife who can play the piano. I do also find it interesting that even with the sheet music industry, you've got, uh, bootlegging at the core of it, but instead of making illegal copies of, uh, digital recording, uh, you know, in the 1940s, they make an illegal, uh, piece of sheep music, which would be very easy to counterfeit. It's interesting to note that in the books that uh, Markham s- served one term as district attorney and was not reelected. Uh, if he acted like the radio version of Markham, it could be because he's micromanaging his department. I mean, essentially, he lives a lifestyle of going to every murder case because he somehow thinks he has to. That's not really a thing. And if I were Ellen, I would have volunteered to give them a message when they got back, not drive out to where they were skeet shooting. The skeet shooting scene was a little bit different. Because most uh, skeet shooting scenes I've uh, experienced like on film or television, they would say "pull." Here they said ready. Is that like a legitimate variation? I um, don't really know skeet shooting, so if anyone has uh, knowledge on that, I'd appreciate it. The thing with Philo Vance though is he is a little too happy when a murder occurs. It's a miracle that he gets through questioning relatives of the victim. The way he's portrayed in the radio series, you expect a scene sometime where Aunt says, Oh, Markham, I, I don't know what was the matter. I offered her my sincere condolences. And then Markham says something like, yeah, maybe next time you should try not smiling so wide when you do that. I also did not think much of the blackmail threat. I know it was the 40s and it was a different time, but this was a situation where they both were unmarried, And fully clothed. I mean, it might not look great, but if you come up to follow Vance and say, Okay, Vance, you better let me get away with murder, or I will release a photo that might be interpreted badly by people with dirty minds. Come on, Vance, you know you don't have any other choice. Of course, Vance acted sensibly, and... You know, just went ahead and and played along with them so that he could get the murderer. Well, now it is time for my recommendations uh, from our archives for folks who like Philo Vance. And the easiest thing I can recommend is Boston Blackie. We played that for about four years. But 201 episodes, the vast majority of the Boston Blackie episodes were produced by the same company that made Philo Vance, Ziv Productions. Uh, They had a lot of the same character actors appeared supporting roles in both. A lot of the same types of characters and plenty of puns. I tend to think Boston Blackie was a little better written particularly towards the beginning of its run. So that would be my recommendation, Boston Blackie. And you can find that series over at biglist.greatdetectives.net or by searching your podcast app and uh, be able to listen to that series. Now, listener comments and feedback. And we have an email from Derek who writes, Every time I hear the phylo.com, Vance, uh, opening theme song. I keep waiting to hear mystery is my hobby. I like, uh, Vance way better than Barton Drake. Just saying, uh, have a good weekend. Well, Thanks so much for the uh, comment, Derek, and I think that the opening of Mystery is My Hobby is good, just that sort of voice saying, Mystery is My Hobby, kind of draws you in more than just the typical organ. Of course, you know, on something like that as to which series people prefer, you know, people have different opinions. I'm much more towards mystery as my hobby, because I do think the mysteries were better. I would actually caveat on that. I would be very strongly towards mystery as my hobby if we're talking about the era with Norman Fields as Specter Danton. I'm a little less of a fan of Ken Christie in the role, although he was a fine actor, He just was not Norman Fields and did not have that same pour with Glenn uh, Langen. So I would still have a slight lean towards Ken Christie series over uh, Philo Vance. But that's probably because I have a really strong bent When it comes to radio programs, I generally enjoy those that were recorded in Hollywood with Hollywood actors and style, but definitely something that you could debate. But I do appreciate the email, Derek. We have a Facebook comment here from Lawrence who writes regarding the underwater murder case. Considering the surname of those killed, this might be called the case murder case. An interesting suggestion, Lawrence, uh, but I don't think it would be as catchy as the underwater murder case. And one thing that I think Philo Vance really did have going for it was its catchy titles. One thing I have noticed with old-time radio programs is that it really does vary as to how much thought that they put into their titles. Some were just strictly internal If there was a title at all. But others used it in the program and or in newspaper listings in order to serve as a hook for the program. And the titles still work. A great example is on our YouTube channel. Now, we've had a YouTube channel for about five years now. And we post programs over on YouTube a few weeks after they've been posted on the podcast. Currently, uh, YouTube is about four weeks behind. And through most of the time we've had the YouTube channel, the episodes that get viewed the most have been Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. You know, I'll look down the list and it would just be episode after episode after episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Then we added Philo Vance and later Mr. Chameleon. And those episodes actually began to dominate the YouTube channel. I don't think it's a huge mystery. Why? Because people would be doing their thing on YouTube and they would see the title and they'd go, yeah, that sounds like something interesting to listen to. Because both Mr. Chameleon and, uh... Philo Vance used the naming scheme of uh, the something something murder case. So even before there was clickbait, there were Philo Vance episode titles. Their programs did take other approaches. They might put out, you know, a plot summary publicly, but not do anything fancy in terms of coming up with episode names for. Programs that would, after all, just be aired once. And some didn't even have common internal names for episodes, which is why you will have, essentially, fan titles for a lot of old-time radio programs. And, you know, the lineup is notable because they never advertised or used the episode name externally. And whoever came up with their episode name started coming up with all sorts of illiterative, over-the-top uh, names. They didn't start out doing it, but here are some of the episode names that um, uh, were played later on. Uh, Wacky Williams Wooftop Wrangle. The Corny Complainant's Case. Nancy's Nauseating Naivete Case. The Cornered Cop Killer Case. Uh, And then there's the Mirthless uh, Moonshiners Methyl's... (laughs) You try saying it. The Mirthless Moonshiners Methyl Murders. (laughs) Somebody just went a little silly with the titles on the lineup, which is funny because it's such a straight lace program. I mean, you just kind of imagine the production conversation. You know what I want to do? I want to just put ridiculous tongue twisters as the episode titles. Won't that make us look a little ridiculous? Nah, nobody's going to hear them. We're not going to say them. It'll just all be internal. What if... Uh, 70 years from now, somebody starts looking at the scripts. Don't be ridiculous. At any rate, thanks so much for the comment, Lawrence. And now, let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Dan, Patreon supporter since January 2018 currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support, Dan. And that will do it for today. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so through your favorite podcast app, whether that's Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, or the Amazon Music ad at amazon.com slash detectives. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of File Vance. but coming up tomorrow, we'll have an adventure with that man with the action-packed expense account yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... As to who may have killed in your travels or why I
6: can tell you nothing, it is possible Captain Boros of the center police will have more information for us when we arrive. Why federal authorities on a homicide matter? Oh, the Sierra de Dam is partially financed by governmental funds. Naturally, the federal authorities are interested. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your opinion about Asa Travers' report that somebody's trying to sabotage them? When it is true we have had some breakdown of equipment, some vital materials lost or stolen. I do not believe anyone is attempting to delay construction by physical means. What do you believe? In many police organizations, Senor Dollar they, even in yours, in the United States, there will always be a small percentage of dishonest men. You're talking about Captain Borrow? On a project such as the Sierra de Abarre, dam, two diligent police investigations would cause disastrous work stoppages. Vital delays which could carry us far beyond the contract deadline. And at 5,000 a day, that could turn out to be pretty rough. Did either you or Travers try to prove this little theory of yours? Me of the damn shortness, Signor Dollar, and your investigation can begin. It would not perhaps be wise of me to attempt to give you any preconceived ideas. Maybe you should have thought of that before you tried so hard.
0: I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box thirteen at great net. follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.